and welcome back to the Paterno Fellows Podcast. My name is Kate Howarth, and on this episode, Ladd and Solomon interviewed local business owners around Downtown State College. Anyone can see that the landscape of Downtown State College is changing. More and more franchise stores are opening up, and the pandemic did not do any favors for local business owners. We even saw some town favorites, like Baby's Diner on South Garner Street, shut down for good. Between the new competition and the impacts of the pandemic, one would think that these business owners would be concerned. However, these businesses that have been staples of the State College community for decades remain optimistic, looking for new ways to modernize and adapt, facing these challenges head-on instead of fearing what's ahead. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, so today I'm having the pleasure to uh, talk to Jeff, um, owner of Appalachian Outdoors. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Looking forward to it. Um, well, Jeff, I'd like to ask you first of all, what's one word that you would use to describe your customer base? <laughs> well, that's tough. It's pretty wide ranging, you know. Actually, um, you know, besides, we have a really strong local market, having been here for almost fifty years. Um, student uh, business is certainly important to us, and comes and goes depending on the popularity of you know the types of clothing you know and equipment we're selling. Um, certainly, say college has become a little bit of a resort community, so we have a lot of visitors for you know a number of different reasons, and people that went to school here, they come back to shop. Um, there's not a lot in central Pennsylvania, so we have a customer base that will shop here from easily 50 or 60 miles away, you know, because they can get here and, and home in a day and, you know, visit a couple of businesses. So, you know, we, we have things for kids. We have things for grandparents. It's, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. It's not for everybody who's really active outdoors. We sell things. You know, if you're going to walk your dog or go to a football game or go to the beach, you know, we have those things. If you want to go climb, you know, Denali in Alaska, we can outfit you there. So it's really a, a range of uh, activities and lifestyle and customers, right. you know, really. Right. So it sounds like, you know, you're saying a lot of your customer base, you know, they live within 50, 60 mile radius of the area. You know, you have some local customers. We also have some tourists that come up. So what would you say is one of the biggest pros and one of the biggest cons to being a business owner here in State College? <laughs> Oh, I, I say often, if you're going to live in the East, this is a pretty good town to live in. You know, we get four distinct seasons. The economy is uh, fairly buffered, you know, from um, a lot of the ups and downs outside of here. But it's a rural, you know, location, but it's a Big Ten university. So you have, you don't have a lot of traffic. You have the benefits of culture, you know, in theater. It's, it's, it's an academic community, but you ride a bike from downtown and in 10 minutes, you know, you're in 15 minutes, you're in farmland. Mm. And the outdoor opportunities are tremendous around here, cross-country skiing, mountain biking, fly fishing, hiking, you know, all those things. But then you have a tiny little sort of quasi-city environment with some of the things that, that go along with that. So pretty good place you know to live i think right right if you're going to live in the, if you're going to live in the east right yeah. I, th I think the way you described it is sort of you know it's the best of both worlds you know you get the rural area it's not too traffic based you get a lot of different things that you could do outdoors but at the same time you sort of get that urban feel with it being a big 10 university and all the events that go on would that be a correct characterization yeah. of what you just said yeah they've had um they brought um the borough has brought outside 
companies in to take a look at you know planning and things like that and they said it's arguably the best college town <laughs> you know in the country and it, that's hard to dispute right. i'd certainly agree but you know i'm biased a little bit so <laughs> um so i'd like to ask what does appalachian outdoors do that others you know sort of sports providers sort of other businesses in the area what that they do not do so what do you guys do that's that's special and worth noting well, opinion. you know, we're considered a, you know, specialty outdoor business and there are really only probably a few of us in Pennsylvania anymore. You know, there used to be maybe 10 or 12. Um, there's stores that dabble in some of these things, you know, like Dick's, uh, probably our main competition. Um, and this has been true almost for our entire existence has been, you know, out of state. Mm. It used to be catalogs. And now it's, uh, you know, the Internet. We've been selling on the web since, the, you know, the late 1990s. So, we're you know, we're in that game. Certainly this is our, our, our bread and butter. This brick-and-mortar store is our bread and butter. It's more important to us than, you know, really the online business at this point. And it's also more of a – the online is really – it can be very just transactional. Right. Whereas this is uh, the heart and soul of the business. We talk to people. We see people. You know, we can uh, fit packs, we can fit footwear. You know, it's a much more rewarding, you know, business. Plus, we've been in the community for so long, we're pretty, you know, very well tied into the community, and we get a lot of support from the community, and we try to return that also in, uh, you know, the way we, you know, th programs we offer or events or donations we do, tremendous, you know, number of donations. Right. And so it's... Uh, you know, the the brick and mortar part of it is is pretty unique. I think the closest store is probably maybe a hundred miles away. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Thank you for that answer. And you were talking about the consumer consumers being very supportive. You know, and the customer base being very supportive. Would you include students in that category? Um, do you feel as though students are as aware as as they should about your business and maybe small business in general in downtown? And you also s sort of touched a little bit on you know being online and having an online store. So how do you feel as though that sort of um, undermines like the sort of in-person, um, being able to, you know, try shoes in person, communicating with people in person, this sort of thing. So how, so it's two questions I'll say. So first of all, does that customer base sort of also come from students or is it primarily locals? And then two, how has sort of like online shopping sort of affected the, the, the business of the brick and mortar stores you were talking about? We were just talking about this this morning. Um, our business used to be, uh, probably, it, you know, it's really hard to estimate the percent students and, and other demographics, but we thought, you know, a few years ago it was probably as high as 40%. But that was due to, um, I think, North Face having a huge presence in the college community, mm. the brand. Right. And, you know, Canada Goose to a certain extent, Patagonia, you know, things like that. Since that has really changed a little bit, we probably think our business is maybe 20 to 25 percent students now, and uh, and mostly, um, you know, other than that, locals and you know visitors to town. It's uh, extremely hard to I think reach the student market in this town. We're half a block from campus, right? And I think a lot of uh, student body probably shops through their parents or you know on amazon or online 
it's surprising how many people come in here. You know, maybe they're a senior here. Said we we never been in you know in the store. So uh, the the student population is important to us and would be even more so. But I think um, you know they're. They're under certain time, you know. They're under a lot of time constraints. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to join clubs for your resume and um, things like that, and you're going to use your spare time a certain way. So, you may um, feel like it's more efficient to shop in a different way, you know, than than come downtown. Right, right. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, and so, maybe this will factor into this next question. But I wanted to ask you, what is the biggest challenge facing Appalachian Outdoors, and particularly this brick and mortar store going forward? <laughs> well, there's always constant. You know, we we think of ourselves as farmers. You know, we're very dependent on the weather. You know, in the, in the economics, uh, certainly there's a lot of competition. We we used to sell f quite a bit on Amazon. And we don't a uh, lot, not so much anymore for a few different reasons. But Amazon's very predatory uh, on small business. And they learned our business from us. Because when you sell on Amazon, you give them all your data. They know what you sold, who you sold it to, and everything. And they use that against you. And they, they try to get as much of that business themselves directly you know, as they can. And for contact, they just open one across the street, correct? The little Amazon. That was a pick, yeah, that was a, a pickup location. Right. I don't know if it's even still there or yeah. closing. But uh, we, yeah, we were part of a UPS program where you could pick up and drop off packages here to try to get, you know, people coming in. And that worked well for a while. We stopped doing it because we thought the, the return on the amount of time we were putting in really wasn't worth it. But we were trying to get, you know, students you know, to, to come downtown and go in the door. You know, on weekends, Champs has a line right past the front of the store, so people are seeing, you know, the store and know it's here. But uh, as far as challenges, you know, it's always, uh, you know, Internet sales are definitely, you know, part of it. Uh, even though we play in that arena, it's it's not a level playing field. Right. You know, because, um, say, a big a big thing is uh, manufacturers selling directly. Or all of our, we're a customer of all these companies, mm -hmm. and now they're our competitors. Mm -hmm. And uh, even with our sales reps, you know, their their employees, their employers almost compete against them mm -hmm. as employees. You know, the sales reps because they're trying to do business. Reps are trying to sell us things, mm -hmm. and the company's trying to sell items so that the reps don't get credit for it because they're selling it. So the direct-to-consumer business is, uh, I, I would say, a, a really big part of it is manufacturers competing against us. And they're learning how hard it is to, to sell online. Right. But, um, you know, it's uh, especially especially now in these, uh, we have so many supply chain issues. When there's limited merchandise, they're going to they're gonna withhold a lot of that merchandise and sell it directly themselves rather than, than sell it to us. Right. So that's been uh, a short-term issue that's happened, you know, recently as opposed to, you know, some of the long-term challenges that we face. All right. All right. Well, Jeff, I don't want to take any more of your time. Thank you so much for your thoughtful answers for all, to all my questions, and I appreciate your time. Yeah. Happy so to do much. it. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, lad. Sounds good. My name is Mark Johnson, uh, manager of the uh, cheese shop downtown. Uh, we're a coffee roaster and uh, kind of specialty foods, especially the cheese as well. 
quick intro. Grew up in State College. Uh, graduated from Penn State with a geography degree, then uh, moved to Philly, uh, went to culinary school, and uh, spent some time in Philly, about five years, and then uh, kind of took my food skill set and moved back to central Pennsylvania and kind of worked in the restaurants for a bit and uh, decided to kind of come over with this group and help manage and organize all the coffee logistics. So. Right, so it sounds like you have a lot of experience, in, especially in the area, you're saying, in, in central Pennsylvania. So how would you describe the customers of the cheese shop? Is, is there sort of like a quintessential customer? What's like the culture like? How would you describe it? Yeah, um, we have a pretty nice set of loyalists. I guess I could say that's what they are. Um, we have volunteers that actually open the place up uh, like 6 a.m. Um, that's kind of the culture. Uh, friends of Bill, the... Um, owner roaster kind of set up shop and kind of like the old history of coffee shops uh, politics are talked about uh, just kind of uh, local stories are shared um, and people feel themselves up with coffee and uh, they like kind of the quality and the consistency and kind of camaraderie of uh, the group so it's kind of seems like it's a dying thing and and towns like this is uh, mom and pop shop. So this is kind of a quintessential mom and pop shop. It's uh, the backbone and are our regulars. Um, so we don't try to do anything super fancy and trendy. We found what we're good at and, and uh, try to make people happy in that regard. Right, right. And so you're saying, you know, this is something that's on the decline, the sort of mom and pops or a style shop. And why do you think that is on the decline here in State College? Um... Well, now that I've mentioned that, it seems like there's some good kind of local restaurants popping up, but um, I think it has to do with uh, chain restaurants. Um, The student body isn't here for more than four years, five years, so a lot of the local real estate um, is kind of geared towards what that demographic of like 17 to 21 is, so I think... Uh, the the owners of the the buildings um, somewhat dictate who can come in, and I feel like the chains are um, able to afford the the current leases and stuff like that. Right, right. And going back to your earlier point about having sort of like a consistent and loyal customer base, I was talking to Brent or, uh, just 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 now, and he was telling me about how he like 15 years ago, like when he was an undergrad, and how he sort of came into the culture of the cheese shop, and he's stuck around ever since. So like. How is how is Brent sort of like an example of you know the the customers who really stay around for a long time the relationships that you develop? Um, so could you speak a little bit about that? Um, what was the question? So how does like uh, Brent sort of exemplify you know the the, the customers of the, of the of the cheese yeah, shop? Yeah, to kind of do a little analogy like the Cheers show. Everybody yeah. knows your name. Uh, so yeah. People know what he does for a living. He knows what all the regulars do for a living. Uh, if someone's car breaks down or some machinery uh, needs fixed, um, you know, we kind of try to fix it within our group of people that know what they're doing before kind of going to just whoever can fix stuff. Um, yeah, he's like a typical good old-fashioned regular of the place. Came here drinking coffee as a teenager. Um, now he kind of is our head uh, mechanic as far as uh, tweaking the coffee roaster or any of the machines. 
So, uh, yeah, it kind of worked like a little barter deal with people. They would kind of help the place out, and we helped them out. And so it's kind of a good little cycle. Right. And I've, I've bought coffee here a couple of times, and there's sort of like this honor system where people just, you know, they're cat their cash on the on the register, yeah. and you know, you'll, you'll serve them coffee. So how, how does that sort of work? Because I know, one, a lot of college students do not usually carry around cash. And then, two, it's something that I haven't seen much around town. So how would you describe that? How did it come about, and how did that culture sort of start? It's a pretty cool story. First of all, it's honesty and honor. Also, um, Bill used to do everything. Um, So he would be roasting coffee, and there would be a specific timing where he had to be there um, and not be able to be at a cash register and ring someone up for a simple coffee transaction. So it kind of evolved from him needing to be at the roaster like two places at once it started off with like regulars being like oh here's the money for the coffee and it just kind of grew from there Um, and then I'd want to transition more to you know general state college so what are the pros and cons of being a business owner in a town like state college would you say um let's see cons I would say there's more pros than cons cons it's kind of um, seasonal uh, students will go away uh, during the, the holidays and during the summer so a lot of the businesses have to kind of capture a certain amount of business if it's going to be if they're going to be dead during the summer so that's a con just that um, a lot of the people just leave for the summer um, so that's that can be tricky for some of the businesses um, a lot of the pros are it's such a beautiful area uh, high quality water high quality air um, housing seems to be um, in a good place where um, if you're a student you can live close you can, people can walk um, around uh, also um Yes, certain places are being, uh, you know, the the the, the um, template of our downtown is kind of ever changing. And in the last five, ten years, buildings are being fixed up, new businesses are coming in. So it's kind of a slow train moving as far as the town catching up. But in certain ways, that's that's a good thing too. Right, right, right. So you're, yeah, you're sort of talking about it. You seems like you have, it seems like you have a very nuanced idea of it. I mean, you talk about sort of the positives of the town changing. Because I know a lot of people, especially people who have been in this town for a while, they see the changes, they see the high-rises. You can't really see. Your views don't really extend past them. They block a lot of things off. You know, it's a lot of noise, construction. There's a lot of things to complain about. But you seem to also have a great understanding of the positives that they bring uh, to the uh, town. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, Penn State keeps increasing tuition. It seems like downtown can't grow too much larger for kind of housing capacity. But that shouldn't be a problem because all the kind of suburbs outside of the borough um, have plenty of housing um, and that type of thing. It's it's a classic small town with an influx of an extra 120,000 people, in you know, during the season. So. Right. And then I guess... Maybe moving towards the end of it, I want to ask you, what do you think would be the biggest challenge um, for the cheese shop moving forward? Um, maybe it's already been something that you've been you know, experiencing already, but what do you think it will be moving forward? Um, kind of that loyal group of regulars um, kind of retiring and not needing to kind of be on Calderway and, and come downtown 
Uh, a lot of them kind of move away. So that's that's the one thing. Um, as long as this building is here, we'll be here. Uh, so um, we're not worried about that. Um, you know, and to go back a little bit during the pandemic, um, the the regulars kind of kept us going, and we kind of evolved into doing a lot of online shipping of our beans by the pound. So during that year and a half where we were struggling just to sell cups of coffee, we kind of made up for it and, and morphed into kind of online shipping and stuff like that for the, for the mainstay, which is the coffee. Well, thank you so much, Mark. I really Hey guys, my name is Buljinder Dadra and we I'm the owner of the India Pavilion Restaurant in State College downtown and we're located at 222 East Callerway. All right, Buljinder, thank you for making the time. Uh, I know I've been bugging you over the past <laughs> day or so, um, but I want to get started by asking you how you would describe your customers. You know, I've come in here to eat a couple of times and I've seen that your customers are a vast array of different people, but how would you describe them if there's a thread that, you know, attached to them? Um... I would describe them very diverse because um, we've been here in business for now almost 25 years. My father opened the place up um, in 1997 with his brother, my uncle. And then I went to Penn State. I studied accounting, so I've been working here for a very long time. So um, with regards to the customers, um, they are a mix of locals, a mix of students, um, faculty. And then when there are big events here, you know, like um, football season or any any type, then we get a lot of um, people from out of town. St. Pandy's week, uh, weekend, we get a lot of people out of town. So it's a very, very diverse. And then the age group is also very, very um, diverse, too. We get a lot of young families in here with the kids, a lot of older folks. Right. Yeah, so we, would you say that, like, uh, students and locals support your business equally and alike? Would that be a fair characterization? Um, it would be, yes. Um, it has changed um, throughout the years because of uh, the pandemic. But yes, um, the, with, that, with the regards to the pandemic, we noticed that um, whenever the students came back, then the locals, uh, we lost a lot of locals because they were, they were nervous of, of just being downtown with the, all the restrictions. So as soon as um, the students left, like for um, summer or winter break or spring break, then we saw a lot of families come in. Um, and we would see a lot of big takeout orders. So they do sport um, equally, but it's just like a seasonal up and down depending on where all this is going on. But we definitely got a lot of sport from the uh, from the locals when the students were gone. And of course, when the students were here, they would come in big groups and help us out a lot. Right, right, right. Um, so I want to move more towards what makes India Pavilion special? What do you think attracts people to this place? Obviously, aside from the cuisine, what makes this place special in your opinion? Um, the fact that it is um, a family-owned and operated business, which we have very few of. Um, we, we are always here. I'm always here. My spouse is always here. My dad is always pretty much here. My mom, my sister, the whole family is here working. Um, so we give a feeling of um, just more more localness, you know, a more uh, interaction with the customers as opposed to, you know, if you were to go to like a franchise, it would be a different feeling. So we give um, a very, uh, very um, personal um, service, I guess you could say. And we've had customers who have been coming here um, ever since we opened for 25 years. You know, we, we see regular customers who have been coming here. Um, so we give a very, we, we try our best to, you know, give good quality food, good service, and the fact that we're always here making sure everything is nice and smooth, we make a very uh, good experience for the customers. 
Right, and I can certainly attest to that. You know, I came here to eat a couple of times. I'd see, I love the dim lighting, the sort of house feel. It feels like I was in like the guest room in someone's house, and it was like, just larger and more people around. So I really can attest to that. Um, but and you brought up the the franchises and how limited the family businesses are in the area. Does your business in any way feel um, threatened or feel the need to compete with these franchises, especially the new ones that are coming around town? Does that even enter into your mind? Uh, not so much because we have been here for uh, quite a while and we, we haven't figured it out. <laughs> you know, if you can't figure it out after 25 years, then you're in the wrong industry. Um, to answer your question, I would say I don't feel threatened. Um, there definitely is competition because, you know, there's a lot more choices now for people. And especially now with throughout the whole pandemic, there's so many franchises that opened up. Um, the good thing is that um, my cuisine is way different than what they have. You know, there's like a bunch of chicken places opening up and then everybody's kind of doing the concept of um, Chipotle where you can change it to a wrap and the salad and all that stuff. Mine is completely different. It's it's, it's like a niche. So I certainly don't feel threatened. Um, there is always things that we need to do um, to be more efficient and improve it, um, to stay in you know in, in, in par with them. Uh, like for example, very recently we started doing um, online ordering for takeouts because a lot of everybody was uh, offering it, and then I was like, all right, let's go for it. Right. So it, it helped our business and customers really like that a lot. And just on their phone, they can order, come and pick it up real quick. So stuff like that we have to keep in mind. Right, right. So there's like, on the one hand, staying authentic and remaining with your sort of like niche customer base. On the other hand, trying to modernize with the times and keep up to date. And so would you say that keeping with sort of this niche audience and this niche sort of um, area in the restaurant business, is that the secret to your longevity? Or what is the secret to this 25 year span? You know, obviously, family run, there's a lot of good work being put into it. You have, you know, a wide span of customers, you appeal to a lot of different people. But what would you say is the reason why your stores remained open for all of these years, and many others have shut down? What what differentiates yours, your business? Uh, That's a tough question. Um, We do put in a lot of effort um, running the place, a lot of um, passion. Because I, I myself studied um, accounting at Penn State, so I have a very nice um, background with the with the business and handling the financial and all that stuff and the marketing and, and everything. So um, I, I love doing it. I, I love um, interacting with the customers, um, building my team um, in the kitchen out here with the wait staff, although in the recent years it has been um, very challenging, staffing-wise. But um, I guess... Just just the precision. Um, every time the customer comes in, I want to make sure we try our best to give them a very good experience. Um, be consistent with the food. So, you know, if they like one dish, I want to make sure every time they come in, that dish needs to be exactly the way it, way it was when they, when they first had it. So consistency is very, very important. Um, I guess that's it. <laughs> All right. So from what I heard from your answer is, you know, the consistency, the expertise, you know, your background in accounting, and then the sort of passion and, you know, love for what you guys do as a family. Um, so I guess this is the last question that I guess I'll leave you with. Um, and so you, you've spoke about how your business has modernized by including online ordering. So what amongst other things. Um, amongst other right things. And, and so what would you say is, is the biggest challenge uh, facing you looking forward? Staffing. Staff. Staffing everywhere. It's a, it's a big issue everywhere. Um, staffing is the hardest. The good thing is I'm good with my kitchen because I have um, people from uh, from India cooking, so I'm and some other helpers. 
but the wait staff is where I'm having, having a very hard time with, and it's it's tough everywhere. I, I don't know what's going on, but from it, and it's um, with staffing, it's not something that will happen because of uh, COVID, although definitely got worse. But even before COVID, I definitely saw a lot of um, decrease in the number of applicants I was getting in. So staffing is my biggest challenge right now. Well, I'd like to thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversations with Jeff, Mark, and Bell Gender. It was a pleasure to speaking to all three of these gentlemen, and I'd like to thank them again for taking the time out in their very busy schedules. Something that I believe these three businesses have in common is their longevity. To put it into context, and as, as I'm sure you've heard, the youngest of these three businesses is 25 years old. So what that tells me is not only have these businesses adapted time and time again to the demands of a rapidly changing town, but they have also been instrumental in shaping the State College downtown area into what we all know and love today. And I'd like to leave you with one more thing. Um, I'd like to thank Bilal from Underground Burger and Yellow Taco uh, for sitting down and interviewing with me. Unfortunately, um, our interview did not make it to the final version of this project. And, I, and again, I'd like to thank you all for listening and making it this far into the episode. I really do appreciate it. And um, we will catch you on the next one. Thank you.